0: Welcome to the Linsanity, a podcast for the Running Hook. Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Linsanity podcast, a part of the Running Hook podcast network. And before we get into the podcast, I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to the, in general, uh, podcast that we have. Uh, available on our network platforms we have plenty with the divine rhyme basketball power Hour, you know with an insane amount i can't even think of circle city cinema uh there's there's episodes getting put out consistently uh as the new year is arriving new ideas are coming into the fold uh they're they're continuing to put out podcasts like nobody's business uh this network is is very appreciative of the people that listen to this podcast and the people that uh, are, are consistently wanting us to grow wanting us to get better uh do not be afraid to follow us on our socials do not be afraid to uh give us the five star when you listen to our podcast the more feedback we get uh the better our pods will get and then the more people will be able to understand you know the running hook what it's all about uh who knows you know, who knows what that can do for us, but it means the world when you do it. And without further ado, let's just jump right in to the Lynn Sandy podcast. And today we're taking a different, uh, you know, I guess you could call it a different way of uh, a different spin. Uh Caleb Lynn, myself, will be on the podcast. It's just going to be a monologue. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to mix it up. We're going to do a mailbag. We're really just going to sit there and, and dive into multiple questions that come to our minds as the end of the season comes to a close, uh, from people that are listening to this podcast to uh, ideas that we wanna consider, ideas that we wanna ponder, think about more. Uh, as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, Bryce Shetty will not be on this podcast. I will not have a co-host, it'll just be myself. It'll be very monologish. I've heard a lot of people have been interested in a monologue. So here we go, we're gonna jump right into it. And the first thing I'm gonna discuss is all of the adjustments regarding COVID cdc coming back into play make you know the nfl saying okay we're going to take it from 10 days to five days i think it's interesting that they're doing that because when you're thinking about the fact that you know we do have this new variant that is you know seeming to cause more trouble than other variants in the past it does make you wonder why they're choosing now to really mitigate all of this stuff from happening when you consider how all of this is going to come about you know i I think to be honest with you i mean i hate saying it but i think money and the fact that people don't want to see blake Bortles and ian book play football have something to do with all this i I believe that when you're looking at the fact that you know there is a money involvement here there's no question about it there's a reason the nfl jumped on the 10 to 5 days as soon as it was announced you know, they knew it was going to happen. Teams like the Indianapolis Colts who weren't going to have Carson Wentz for two weeks now can get Carson Wentz back for Sunday because of these rules. The way that I see it, I hate, I hate being the guy that sits there and says it's all about money, but I really think that's what it comes down to. I think that, you know, when you're looking at everything else going on right now, you sit there and you question why they're reducing what they're reducing, why, what really leads that motivation the more I just think about it, I, I flat out think it's money. And I understand that's a very cliche answer, but I mean, the fact is, I think that's going to be the big thing moving forward, right? I think people don't want to see him on the football field. They don't have to. I don't think people wanted to see Sam Hillinger on Sunday. I think the NFL knew that. I think the NFL were aware of that. It's not that Sam Hillinger is a bad player. It's just, I think people want to see Carson Wentz. I think people want to see the stars not get suspended, not suspended, but not able to play because of COVID mandates. And there's no question the NFL will continue to have to just They'll continue to be aware of it. Uh, teams that have had bigger COVID outbreaks earlier in the season will probably be a little more thankful now that they're in a position where maybe they don't have it again. And for me, that's going to be the biggest key. How can they move forward with the season smoothly? But there's no question the money's involved. Next up, first question uh, from at Rossford. How was your Christmas? It was lovely. It was lovely. It was a great time. Uh, holiday was great. The family was great. Uh, the cookies were great. Uh, the food was great. You can't really go wrong with it. And, you know, it, it was a joy. It was a joy to sit there and watch Ian Book throw a prick six on Monday. That was a joy. Uh, the NBA... Christmas trash is how I would describe it. Don't even call it a Christmas header. Just call it Christmas trash was, was miserable, but at least we got two football games that were relatively competitive and that helped tremendously. But you know, the first question that comes up from Rossford was can the Colts win the table? We always like to start off with the Colts. We know this is an Indiana based network. He's asking if the Colts could win the table. Well, it's interesting. My, my answer would have changed two hours ago before we did this podcast because of the, mandates because of how long guys would have to sit out. But let me tell you right now, if I'm the Indianapolis Colts and in the way that the Indianapolis Colts play, I think there's no question they can run the table. I'm not sitting there being like, Hey, you know, I'm going to put, you know, $10 or however much money you want to put on this on a betting standpoint, saying the Colts are going to go all the way and win the Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But with the way the Colts play, the style of which they play, I mean, I don't see how you can't think that they can, you know, this is a team that, you know, in my opinion, has a player who's going to win an award that I will discuss later on this podcast. That, that obviously makes a difference. And then you have to think about, okay, if you're the Colts, you've got all this going in your favor, right? You've got healthy running game. Your passing game looks better, especially against Arizona. Your defense looked really good with guys even not in the lineup, various Leonard's of the world, guys like EJ Speed really showing up, promising for the Colts. If, if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts have to sit there and think about, okay, we know what they are. Their identity is clear. That's a big thing. You always have to check that off. And they just play football that doesn't matter what the weather is. They're just going to out smash you. They're going to outphysical you. And I don't think any team in the AFC matches up with them physically. It's just a matter of can they make the explosive plays in the passing game? Carson Wentz has to sit there and answer that. He's he, he had moments where he certainly did that against Arizona, but then there's moments against Tennessee where he decides that a left handed shovel pass is worth it. And that leads to an interception. And I think the Indianapolis Colts have to sit there, they have to realize, okay, you know, our team is built through the running game, no matter what, they're going to run the ball. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, is there going to be a limit to how they do or can they get Naheem Hines involved? I think they got to get Naheem Hines more involved to beat teams in order to run the table. You have to put your best players out there when it matters. OK, and, and, and I, I think the Indianapolis Colts are a team. You follow the money. You can see where they value. They value Naheem Hines. They, they value him a lot. If you look at the money, I'd like to see him more involved. I think the Colts may be getting Paris Campbell back could be a big addition for them. I think that can really set that, give them that perimeter play they haven't had in terms of speed down the field. Uh, They're going to need it. They're going to need a big time. They're going to need Pittman to get more easier catches underneath. I think the Colts can certainly run the table. I think the AFC is wide open. I think there's, I think you can make an argument for any team to win it in, in, you know, that's going to be in that playoff hunt. The Colts can certainly run the table. I have no doubt about it. Next up. We are, we are in a discussion and in a season Where everybody wants to sit there and answer the question of quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. What what do teams do? Drafting comes up. I got a question from a friend. I'm not going to mention his name. He said, are the Steelers a quarterback away? And I think they are absolutely not a quarterback away. I think it is an absolute joke to sit here and say the Steelers are only a quarterback away from getting to that maximum potential. It's a joke. Their offensive line sucks. They're, they're, you look at their defense, I think their defense is overrated. This is a defense that has the consistency of being very physical. They're not physical at times. And then their other problem is they, their best players aren't as physical as they used to. When we think of the Steelers, you would think of the James Harrison's and Ryan Clark's guys that would never get beat physically. They would never get beat. They're just stronger, more tougher, mentally tougher. The Steelers are flashy on defense. They don't smash mouth you. And if you, if you sit there, you watch them, they don't smash mouth you. That's not what they are. The Steelers need to get back to that. That's what that, that's the bread and butter. That's what this, this organization has been built off of since it's basically been an arrival. Okay. And, and it's how they've had the success that they've had in the past. If you're the Steelers and you think it's a quarterback away, then you're a problem. You're a problem. If you're a fan that sits here and thinks, hey, Ben Roethlisberger, if you just switch him up for Russell Wilson, you're going to No, you're not. No, you're not. Are you watching the AFC North? Are you watching the Cincinnati Bengals? Are you watching? the Baltimore Ravens play? Are you seeing the Cleveland Browns defense? Maybe they upgrade a quarterback. That's a better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers have multiple problems, and it starts off with being in a competitive division. It starts off with the fact that they need to upgrade the offensive line. And I think the other part that is important when talking about this conversation is the Steelers do not trade for quarterbacks. They draft. They draft. Follow the history. They draft. They don't trade. If they draft Pickett, Malik Willis, whoever you think is a first round or higher round quarterback, it is not going to get them where they want to go immediately. They're not. They're not a Super Bowl threat. They're not. As far as I'm concerned, if there was alarms that you know I could just snooze on the Steelers, I'd snooze them. Snooze them every day. I'd snooze them twenty four seven. They got so much they got to work on. The season's humbling. They suck. They suck against the Chiefs. As far as I'm concerned, you got to look in the mirror and get back to the smash mouth football. And that's not going to happen with just one quarterback. Next up, the MVP race. A race that was being discussed by Zach Lynn on the comments. Look, I, I think it comes down to one player and one player only. And and, and to be honest with you, they're going to vote for the quarterback. I think it's a joke, but they're going to vote for the quarterback. But I think you have to give it to John Taylor. I think the Indianapolis Colts would have no business being where they are unless Jonathan Taylor was running like this. It's a one-man show in Indy. It's a one-man show. Aaron Rodgers has been unbelievable, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, obviously had some issues regarding injury, regarding not being able to play some games. That should affect this case. Patrick Mahomes wasn't sizzling all year. Tom Brady, I think, has been decent. But then there's times you just sit there and you wonder, wow, that's not normal. Matt Stafford missed me last week. Missed me three interceptions. It's just ridiculous. You don't do that and win the MVP on a consistent basis. I can guarantee you that Jonathan Taylor gets dang near 80 yards. Every game, he's leading the Colts to victory. I don't care if they have an elite offensive line because there's a lot of teams and a lot of running backs, you know, that could run with that offensive line. It wouldn't have the success that Jonathan Taylor's having. Okay. If you switch out like miles Gaskin, you put miles Gaskin, on the Annapolis Colts. Miles Gaskett's not running for that much yards. Okay, he's maybe touching 1,000. Jonathan Taylor can go for 2,000. Jonathan Taylor is a red zone killer. His versatility is top notch. As far as I'm concerned, this team wouldn't even be dangerous or considered hot if Jonathan Taylor wasn't on this team. My answer of running the table for the Colts would change significantly if Jonathan Taylor wasn't on this team. He is the bread and butter The MVP should not be a quarterback award. It needs to be given to other things. I would go Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Aaron Rodgers. Next up. When I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, small market King suggested, are they contenders or pretenders? And and I absolutely think they're contenders. And I think they showed it against the Ravens. They're developing a killer instinct. Y'all they're developing an instinct that they've needed to have since Zach Taylor has been the coach. They clearly believe in what they are. They can they can give it to you in every way. They can win on defense. They did it against the Broncos. I don't care if the Broncos didn't have Teddy Bridgewater and they had Drew Locke. I don't care. They won because of defense. They won because of their offense. And then a game like this against the Ravens. I don't care that they didn't have their starting defensive backs. You put up a forty ball on Joe Burrow. Those five twenty five. You're doing awfully good. And. Your skill set of players, your wide receivers, the T Higgins, the Jamar Chase, the Tyler Boys, the Joe Mixons. For a while, if you've been listening to them say, Bryce and I have been begging people to turn on the TV with the Bengals with their skill set because we think it could top the AFC. We think it can top the league. We think it can top the league. Cincinnati Bengals will be a matchup nightmare for anybody. They're, they're absolutely a contender. I, they, they can put up points on you like nobody's business. Their defense is just an underrated unit. but smart unit. It's not going to sit there and wow you off the screen because it doesn't have the star power like a lot of teams. But Trey Hendrickson, the guy that I've had to eat it on, he's looking really good right now. Wouzier, former Cowboy corner, really good for them. Mike Hilton, really good for them. The Bengals are getting production from the guys that they signed this offseason, and their strategy has paid off. They said we're going to draft, 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 draft offense. And we're going to sign defense, and it's worked. It's credit to Zach Taylor. It's credit to the Bengals front office. The Bengals are absolutely a contender this season. They're a contender for years to come, and as far as I'm concerned, they're the king of the AFC North. I think they are the best team in the AFC North right now. I, I love the Bengals. I think the Bengals might even have a shot to beat the Chiefs next week. Next up, I, I said, you know, I talked a little about Colts running the table. The question I got that I really liked was, the chargers inconsistency how do they fix it if i can tell you how they fix it You stop getting so cute okay i mean i understand justin herbert's got an extremely talented arm his ability to go down the field you know you you really can't put many quarterbacks at his level his ability to go down the field is what makes him such a terrific quarterback when you have those receivers and healthy right I just think they got to understand their running game's been murky this season. And I think they've got to figure out how they can make easier runs to get the passing game going. It's not a joke that this team can throw the ball the way they have. You follow the money. This team wanted to throw, but Austin Eckler is a top 10 running back, right? But the EPA wouldn't tell you that the Chargers are running the ball very well. The Chargers have to run the ball better. This is a team that I think has to get back to the basics at times. You know, they're seeing the Colts go to smash mouth football. Okay. And I'm not saying the Chargers have that good of an offensive line, but the Chargers can sure as heck run similar concepts to get more physical. And that's on a Corey Lindsay. Corey Lindsay was the guy they sit there. They were like, hey, we're going to pay him. I'm going to pay him a lot of money. We're going to take him away from Green Bay. He's going to be the anchor of this offensive line. All right. Well, I think being an anchor of an offensive line also means anchoring the run game, too. I think it means anchoring the run game too and believing that you could smash mouth on somebody, no matter the running back. And I think the chargers are going to get Eckler back. And I think they got to start running ball. They can start running the ball, chewing up clock, then getting that play action game going. They're set. They're set. y'all. they're set. There's talent anybody in the NFL, NFL. I'm not talking the conference. I'm talking NFL with the chargers. Their potential is limitless. Their potential is limitless when they get it all going. But just get back to the run game. Your run game is not as great as it should be. And I'm looking at the offensive line for that. I'm looking at Corey Lindsay for that. I'm looking at Rashawn Slater for that. I understand that they've been very good in the passing game. But what makes an offensive line great is when you're physically dominating your opponents. The Chargers don't physically dominate their opponents. I'd like to see the Chargers start doing that in the next couple weeks. I think that's how they fix it. I think they still make the playoffs, and I absolutely think that they're a tough out if they can figure out the run game. I don't understand why that's been so hard. They should never have gotten beat by the Houston Texans. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't care that you're missing pieces. I don't care. I don't care. Rex Burkhead shouldn't dash yards on you with two minutes left in the fourth quarter for victories. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, You when you're looking at a team like the Chargers, it's just I understand they're inconsistent, young, first-year coaching. But then you also look at the roster and you're like, you know what they can be. It's a frustrating watch because they're, yes, they're super fun, but then they have their moments. I think the Chargers can fix it by just trusting in the running game a little more. And I think it's on the Corey Lindsley and Rashawn Slater to be more physical, to be quite honest with you. I think they're getting a lot of praise for their passing blocking, and I think it's been awesome, but, Be more physical on the run. Next up, the Cowboys defense. Is it a defense that has made me think about the postseason projections? I mean, yeah. Yeah, they can force turnovers. Yeah, they've got great depth. I I agree with all that. But folks, I mean, it's Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we know what they are. There's times where they're just going to slip up. And so, so it's hard. It's hard. Their talent level suggests they can beat anybody in the NFL. There's not many teams that match star power, star power. I mean, give me the Cowboys stars over the Rams stars. I mean, are you kidding? Like everybody want, wanted to talk about the Rams stars. When the Cowboys stars are on, the Cowboys have the best stars. The Cowboys are the team that's sitting there, has all the, the stars walking around. Forget about Hollywood's Rams. Go to Dallas. Go to Dallas. That's a better attraction for stars. It's consistency, though. It's consistency. It's how can we make sure that Zeke is efficient? How can we make sure that Dak throws aggressively like he did against Washington? Gets the downfield attack. You know, a lot of a lot of people were questioning Dak, his ability to throw it down the field, his ability to make the big play. He was inconsistent. He was really managing. Look, I think Dak is showing people why he could change the entire NFC with his ability to throw the ball down the field. But Mark McCarthy is also the coach, too. And I don't know if McCarthy can lead this team to the conference championship. I think their talent's incredible. I think they've got a really nice squad. But my the other part that that that's hard with Dallas is it's like it's like well if this guy gets hurt well they can't do this like if Mario Cooper gets hurt the passing game isn't good if Tyron Smith's hurt the running game is good it's like they can't figure out their depth enough to overcome anything if you're the Cowboys you have to be able to do that any team in the NFL has to do that but the Cowboys specifically. If you're investing in the stars the way the Dallas Cowboys invest in the stars, there's no reason that they shouldn't be better. There's no reason. But the problem is your depth can stink. It stinks. They're amazing in their division because the division's hideous. The division's hideous. And, and, and I'm not trying to discredit what they've done in the division, but the division's hideous. Dallas has a chance to be the number two seed. I, I would love them at the number one seed, but at the number two seed, it's intriguing. Right now, they'd play Philly again, be three times in the season. Cowboys would face them if the playoffs ended today. But look, I, I'm not, no part of me is denying the Cowboys talent. It's just whether they can put it in when it matters. You know, I'm dating back to Dak. Dak doesn't play in a whole lot of big time, meaningful playoff games, right? Any core player you think of on the Cowboys hasn't played on a lot of big, meaningful games. McCarthy has been a part of runs, clearly. Uh, but, but we know how we, we, feel about, we feel about McCarthy's game management. We know that. We know that. So there's, there's obviously questions I have, but I'll say this. I think the Dallas Cowboys' talent could beat anybody in the NFL. So, yeah, absolutely. the projections should be high. Next up, I think Bryce put out a terrific question. Can the Eagles steal the game depending on the right matchup? Yeah. They can because they're going to they're going to smash mouth everybody in the conference. They've got that down. You look at the teams in the conference, you look one through seven. Nobody smash mouths. Nobody plays with the level of punch. The Eagles do the physicality of their offensive line is second to none in the conference. I don't I don't think there's a team in the conference that plays with the smash mouth football that the Philadelphia Eagles play with. The key for me is can they get consistency from Jalen Hurts? The Giants score, the Giants and Eagles score from this week is deceiving. It is deceiving. The game was, very, it was too close in the first half. Any Eagle fan would tell you that. Any Eagle fan would tell you that was a horrible first half. Horrible. The Giants, horrible. They're a horrible franchise. Joe Judge sinks. you get how I feel about the Giants. The Eagles put the game away late, made the game feel like it was just a blowout from a jump. You just look at the final score. That's it. All you do is just look at box score stats. The Eagles have to sit there and say to themselves, can we be consistent with Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts, when he is low, man, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. You've got to make things easy. Nick Sirianni can't make Jalen Hurts Joe Burrow. Nick Sirianni can't make Jalen Hurts Philip Rivers. Like, that's not who he is. And Sirianni has had moments where he understands that, and then it feels like there's moments he's not. I think they need to lean into that Miles Sanders Jordan Howard punch. It's a good punch. It's a joke they didn't use Howard earlier in the season. Howard's a good running back. Use it. Their offensive line's healthy. Take advantage. And then when you want to pass, be smart with your passing. We know what Jalen Rager is. A bust. A bust. We know Dallas Goddard's a solid tight end. Get him involved. Get him involved. Figure out ways to get him involved. You paid him a big contract. You paid him a big contract to put in goose eggs against the Giants? I mean, Devontae Smith looked awfully good against the Giants, but he's a rookie. And in the playoffs, teams are going to do things differently than you do in the regular season. You're going to have to help out a rookie like that. You can't rely on your rookie to just go do everything. That's what makes the Bengals so good. Jamar Chase can grow while having another 1,000-yard receiver on the team, while having a guy who's getting 800 yards a game. The Philadelphia Eagles have nobody else at the receiver position who can match what Smith does on a consistent basis. The defense, when you look at the defense, the second level of the defense, I look at first-level defensive line, second-level linebackers, third-level secondary. The Eagles have to have the game set up in a way where they control the lead. Because they're not coming back to win games. I like the Eagles, but they don't, that's just not what they are. They're not going to come back by throwing three touchdowns to get back into the game, right? There's, the Patriots are similar. They're not going to do that. We've seen in the last two weeks how that's worked out for the Patriots. Eagles are a similar way. The Eagles are a team that, when they have a lead, they're very dangerous. They're very, very, very dangerous with the way that they run the ball with the way they execute, they're absolutely dangerous. You put them with the right matchup, I like the Eagles. But you have to also wonder, is it just going to be enough for them to get to the playoffs and slip out? There's just a lot of things that I'm wondering. It seems like we're seeing maybe the potential of what the Eagles can get to. But I think what we're going to sit there is if the Eagles make the playoffs, they lose in the first round. I think all of us are going to be like, wow. What if you put another receiver in there with Devontae Smith. What if you address the second level of the defense? What if you get the point? And I think the Philadelphia Eagles are showing us that. They're hot. They took advantage of a lousy division. Easy second half schedule. And I think the Eagles have a gut check. I think they got a gut check last week of the year when they played the Cowboys. I don't know if it's going to be a win, but let's see how competitive they are, right? And I think that's when we'll know hey, the Eagles can be a playoff team. But I, I, I'm a believer in them. It's just you obviously have to have all of those thoughts when you look at them on a consistent basis. Next up, are the Rams the favorite in the NFC? It's tricky to say that they're the favorite. You know, when, when I was thinking about the Rams and thinking of Cam Akers and letting myself be in awe of the roster that they have together, it's a great roster. You know, less needs put it terrific roster together to absolutely go for a Super Bowl right now. Sean McVay is arguably the best coach in the conference. So you have that checked. You have a great quarterback check. The part that I can't check is Matthew Stafford in big games and Matthew Stafford not turning the ball over. Against the Vikings, for him to throw three interceptions is just a joke. You know what the Vikings have. Matthew Stafford, for... (laughs) For sure, has seen the Vikings play. <laughs> I mean, you could go back to his rookie season. He has seen the Minnesota Vikings play defense against him for years. For him to throw three interceptions against the Minnesota Vikings, that's a joke. Given who they have offensively, given the talent they have offensively, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. The Vikings are like the voyage at Holiday World. So they'll go up and down. So the Vikings. We're basically downfall of the voyage. It's like if you pretend the voyage has that super, super, super high drop, and you just go right down, and that drop just goes down, 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 down. The Vikings are going down, 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 down. And the Rams just took advantage of it because they have enough players to overcome some of that. But Matthew Stafford can't do that in the playoffs if they want to, if they want to go all the way. No, 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 no. Matthew Stafford can't throw three interceptions and then win any playoff game against any team in the, any, any team in the NFC. Their offensive line is starting to get healthy. Haventon's starting to get healthy. Whitworth's starting to get healthy. Cam Maker starting to get healthy. Certainly gives him an X factor. But to call him the favorites right now is very tricky. I want to see more of them. I want to see how Matt Stafford does against Wake Martindale, a good defensive mind. Can Matt Stafford just move on from that three interception game? I don't know, but that's something that is going to be answered. I believe he can. I believe he will. Right? But that the fact that you have to think about it, I shouldn't have to think about it when I'm talking about favorites. I should be able to know. I should be able to identify and be like, yeah, that guy's going to play his best when he needs to. Matthew Stafford, when his team needs him the most, sometimes hasn't done that. Next up, looking at the coaching searches. The coaching searches in the NFC, AFC, right now, Jacksonville is obviously the prime time opening. Jacksonville's sitting there. They're looking at the jobs. They're looking at the candidates. Who should they go get? Well, they've already set up a bunch of interviews with a bunch of different people. let list goes on. Kellen Moore, Matt Eberflus, Brian Byron Leftwich, Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell. My favorite from what they've known and my favorite for this job is Jim Caldwell. You have to have an offensive mind in Jacksonville and you have to have a guy who knows how to work with quarterbacks. Jim Caldwell knows how to do that. Trevor Lawrence it needs to be your number one priority with this job. It needs to be your number one priority. Hiring a defensive mind for this team does not make any sense. We've seen the traction that defensive minds have. If you eat, Boo Belichick would not be what he is without Josh McDaniels. It's the truth. You've got to have a great offensive mind if you're a defensive head coach. Joe Lombardi, for example, not a great offensive mind. He's a good offensive mind. He's not a great offensive mind. Brand Staley, great defensive mind. First year, he's been he's shown the, what he can do when they start using and taking advantage of cap space that they have. But when I look and sit there and address the Jaguars job, you have to get a leader. Somebody who doesn't sit there and say, I don't know how many snaps this guy got or this guy played more than he did. And then you look at the snap count, it's like, no, we didn't. Or I need a guy who can just, Take ownership for his decisions. You know, if Jim Caldwell was the coach of the Jaguars, and he just decided, hey, I'm just going to bench James Robinson, he's not going to play. Jim Caldwell is a coach that will tell you why he's not playing and give you a legitimate reason that doesn't backfire on the assistant coaches. Urban Meyer, meanwhile, will just throw excuses out like he's done his entire NFL coaching career. He'll never get another chance at the NFL. The Jaguars need somebody who leads, not somebody who hides. Jim Caldwell leads, doesn't hide. Next up, Chicago Bears. Out. Expert made me a great question. I love this question. Should the Chicago Bears go after Dable of Buffalo Bills to be their next coach? Is that the right fit? Who should they look at? So, Dable was really hot. Like. You know, he's been a hot name. People have said him the last couple of years. Like, hey, mind mindable." Dable. You know, he was with Josh Allen. He's made Josh Allen really good. Josh Allen's really awesome. Josh Allen wasn't good without Dable. Dable reminds me of Naki Part 2. A guy that was really benefited by the talent that he had around him and the explosiveness he had around him. And then once you gave him his own team, once, once he had his own team, it was not working out very well. No, 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 no. And I think Dable's in the same boat here. Again, I need somebody, if I'm the Chicago Bears, I want somebody who's established with quarterbacks and a track record of improving their quarterback game by game year by year. When I think of Pep Hamilton, that's the guy I think of. He did it with Andrew Luck. He did it with Justin Herbert. He's doing it with Davis Mills. You don't think he can do it with Justin Fields? I do. You don't think... Pep Hamilton can take advantage of Darnell Mooney, Dave Montgomery. I do. I think Pep Hamilton can do all that. I think he checks the box for the Chicago Bears. I just love that. I would love that move. I would love Doug Peterson there in Chicago. I think that would be an interesting fit. If you don't want to go offensive mind, I'd call Rex Ryan. I'd call Alex Ryan. I'd say, hey, look, look, that's a big name in Chicago. We know what your family's done. Let's bring you in. Let's bring in Joe Brady to be your offensive coordinator, and let's go. Let's take this team to another level. The key for the Bears to me is you've got to go a different path. Something Dable isn't a good or bad coach. That's not the discussion, really, when thinking about Dable to the Bears. It's, are you bringing in a similar guy or are you trying to go different? Because if I'm bringing in Dable, I might as well well bring Nagy back. I might as well bring Nagy back because I think that's the same type of guy. So when I look at the Bears, I think they've got to go get a Pep Hamilton. They got to go get a Rex Ryan. They got to go get a Doug Peterson. Somebody along those lines to make Justin Fields the best he can be. And take advantage of the talent that they have on defense. Next up. Another question that I love is, was the playoff expansion worth it? Well, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. This season has shown you why it's worth it. The balance and parity of the NFL right now is awesome. There's a lot of teams that you sit there like, wow, I can't believe they're even in discussions of the playoffs. But isn't it not fun to sit here? at week 17 and say we don't know squat about the afc playoffs that's fun teams are going hard they're not tanking teams are seeing an opportunity to continue to compete and not to sit there and settle for a high draft pick and i think if you're a team such as the denver broncos you might have settled and gone for the draft pick after you traded by miller but you didn't Because that seven seed was open for you, and you're just trying to get there. You've got a decent team. You've got young talent. So you're going and getting it. And Now Denver doesn't look like they're going to, but they competed for it. It opens up those opportunities, opens up an opportunity for the Browns to still get in. It opens up an opportunity for teams that are competitive. Dolphins who struggle in the first half, fire in the second half. They've got a chance now because of this. They're the seventh seed. The reason they're the seventh seed? Because of the second half of the season. Because of the balance and parity. The seventh seed's absolutely worth it. The playoff expansion's absolutely worth it for so many reasons. Just from a fan perspective, it's great to have more football. But then, hello, like when you are sitting here and not knowing the seedings of teams, nobody's clinched anything. It's just fun, man. It's fun. They, they don't need to get rid of that. I think it's a good, solid seven-seed race. It's a good, high, high, high level of football. Next up, is the AFC North overrated? Well, I think it's overrated because of reputation. I think the Steelers are overrated because of reputation. I think the Browns are overrated because of the reputation that people, myself included, gave them in the preseason for doing nothing before that. I think the Ravens are, at this point, being talked about and discussed like a playoff team because of reputation, not because of what they're showing right now, because of injury and things of that nature. So, yeah, I think they are overrated right now. It is an overrated division. It is an overrated division because, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers were looked at as powerhouses in the AFC for – you know, look, I'm 23. For 23 years, it feels like the Steelers and the Ravens have been powerhouses in the AFC. Granted, the Bengals had their moments. Carson Palmer had some great years there, and they found, found themselves a couple of years where they were able to sneak in wild cards, or Andy Dalton snuck in and got wild cards, and the Browns sucked, and the last couple of years, they've turned it around. But it is an overrated division. It's an overrated division simply because of reputation. And how we've been so used to seeing the Ravens compete hard in big games against a Tom Brady New England team or the Steelers sneaking an upset and coming in in a physical game in the cold winter months. There's no question. The the AFC North right now, in my personal opinion, I I think it is, man, I I just think it's Cincinnati, man. I really do. Cincinnati's got the talent. They are going to own that division as far as I'm concerned with the level of cap space that they still have to go out and get players combined with the growth that this offense is only going to show. There's no question that the Cincinnati Bengals, in my opinion, can own the division, them and Baltimore. That's it. The Browns and the Steelers have gaps to fill, gaps, major gaps, major. Quarterback's a part of it. It's not all of it. It's a part of it for both of those teams. Wow. Sometimes the discussion can be, well, if the Steelers upgrade the quarterback. Well, I mentioned earlier, that's not going to be the only thing that separates them. The Browns obviously have to upgrade a quarterback. Baker Mayfield's not a starter in the NFL. He's not a starter in the NFL. There's three There's two guys I'd legitimately sit there and be like, yeah, they're starting quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, they're starters. Lamar Jackson, I don't think has been very great this year. Someone that's been injury, someone that's been consistency of play. Joe Burrow has been the best quarterback in that division. It's not close. And I think when you look at the Cincinnati, I, I think when you look at this division, it is, an, it is an overrated division. And it's an overrated division simply because we're not used to this division being this murky and this just okay. It's okay. A lot of these teams are okay. The Browns are okay. The Steelers are just okay. Ravens, okay. Yeah, it's absolutely overrated. I, I think it's a great question Alex had. Other things to consider, who is a fake contender? The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. This was the easiest question I had in my mailbag. The New England Patriots. Mac Jones is a fake contending quarterback. He's a fake contending quarterback. You look at the last couple weeks. You look at how they played against the Colts. Mac Jones didn't know what to do. You look at what he did against the Bills when the weather was not absurd. Mac Jones didn't know what to do. Mac Jones faced the Dolphins. You know what I think is going to happen again? He's not going to know what to do. I think the New England Patriots will lose again to Miami last week of the year. The New England Patriots have major problems. The New England Patriots spent money on players that have been, in my opinion, not worth it (laughs) they're not worth it it's being covered up by great coaching Bill Belichick is a great coach and he's going to strategically use his pieces to the best of his ability and nobody is at the mantle of Bill Belichick so therefore he's going to have an advantage coaching wise every single time and it's always going to work in his favor but this defense I think the defense is good I'm not saying the defense is bad I think it's what's carrying them But there's no question in my mind that if I I would love to face the Patriots if I'm a team that's heading into that playoff contention, looking for that matchup. I'm Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not that feared of the Patriots. I'm not that afraid. I can put pressure on Mac Jones. I can make him nervous. Short fields for my offense to go and explode. If I'm the Titans, I smash mouth you. If I'm the Bills, I already know I can beat you. If I'm the Colts, I already know I can beat you. If I'm the Chiefs, I already know I can beat you. The Chargers kept them competitive. The Chargers aren't going to sit there. They're going to sit there. It's the revenge factor. Patriots are an absolutely fake contender, in my opinion. I think the other fake contender, I've been thinking about it, man. I really have. Um, I think it'd be the Patriots. I think if Tampa can't get healthy, that's my other question. I don't know how much Tom Brady can do with Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. I just don't know. It's a lot. It's a big drop-off, man. If they don't get their guys healthy, then I think that's a problem. Uh, but, I, but, you know, the other thing about this question is I think most people would sit here and say Arizona. Well, I'll tell you why Arizona's not. I think Arizona's going to be okay. I think that I wouldn't call them a fake contender. The reason I wouldn't call them a fake contender is it's most likely they're going to end up on the road. Arizona's better on the road this season than at home. Arizona gets the Hopkins back. I really think that's going to change a lot for them. Once they start getting the rotation back, Ronnie Hudson's instrumental to that team. I think the Cardinals are a team that can on the road, make a difference, but the Patriots are a fake contender. We've been a astro- we, we have looked at this as wow. Holy cow. We we've underestimated bill Belichick. No, we haven't underestimated bill Belichick. We just overrated his talent that he got. That's all we've overrated his talent that he got. Mac Jones is a quarterback who has been better than expected for most of the season. But a lot of people always had the question of, he's going to hit the wall. It's just when it's going to happen. It's happening now at the worst time. And I think the New England Patriots are seeing the downfall of that already. I understand they face the Colts. I understand they face the Bills. Both of those teams are playoff teams. I get that. But there's no question there's limits to what the Patriots are. Mac Jones is the beginning of that and the end of that for them as well. Next up, predicting the wild cards. Who do I think will get a wild card spot? And, man, this is a fun conversation. I'll start off with the NFC. Um, San Francisco, I thought, was going to make it. I thought they were going to make it. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they finish it out. I'm looking at the NFC first. Man, I'll tell you, San Francisco's head-to-head win over Philadelphia was huge. It was massive. San Francisco in the next two games faces a schedule that consists of Houston and the Rams. Unfortunately, fortunately for their fans, unfortunately for other teams, both of those are going to be wins. Both of those are going to be wins. The reason both of those are going to be wins is for a couple of things. Number one, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, nine and one in conference record is the best in the NFC going to be tough for any team to beat. They match it. Rams head-to-head one percentage beats out Tampa right now. But I think the Rams might be locked into the three seed by next week because I like them over the Ravens. So then I think at that point, it's like San Francisco's got more to play. They beat Houston. They take care of the Rams. That's 2-0. That's going to get you in. The Jimmy G injury is literally something you can just press the alarm on because Jimmy G is not what's winning them football games. That's not what wins the, the 49ers football games. Just following the script of a heavy run game with Jeff Wilson Jr. Play action and the ability to create with Debo and Kittle. And I just think the Niners right now are going to be fine. I like them a lot in that sixth spot. Arizona, I think, will get that fifth spot, no problem. That seven spot's wide open here's my thing, Washington, Washington should, you should see the E next Saturday Washington's done. They're toast. New Orleans is done. They're toast. I don't even consider those two teams in the equation. I look at the race as Atlanta, Minnesota, and Philly Atlanta to me is just, they're just unquestionably the weirdest team that's still left in the contention. Cause like you look at their receivers, you look at their offense, it's so depleted, but the fact they face the bills next week, I think they're done. I think that's a tough matchup for them. I think they're eliminated. I think they've been better than I thought this season, but they got to look to the draft, man. They got to get younger. Vikings. Um, the firings and campaigns are going to happen at the end of the year. That's all I know. Uh, I, I don't think this team's going to have enough to jump. I think Philadelphia's going to take advantage of their schedule. I really do. I like the Philadelphia schedule right now. I think Philadelphia. When you're looking at the fact that they play Washington. And Dallas, I think they'll go one-on-one. I like them a lot. Week 17 against Washington. I think that'll get them over the top. Give me the Eagles in that seventh spot. Arizona in that fifth spot. Nine to six out. I think the, what we see right now in the stands at NFC, that's what's going to happen. AFC, not so fast. AFC, we're going to see change. In AFC, we're going to see the Chargers make the playoffs. I, I just, I, they're too talented of a team, and I just feel like they're going to come out with some wins. They place divisional teams. I just like their chances. Okay, kiss the Broncos. Broncos can just go. They can go. They put the E next to their name. Put the E next to Breaker Mayfield. He's, he's done. Steelers are done. Uh, in my opinion, it, it's going to come down to Dolphins Ravens Chargers I guess the Raiders I don't think the Raiders are that good but we can go with it I, I think the Raiders I, I think the Ravens just with the Rams I think that's going to settle them back I think that's going to put them back that game against that, that game next week is going to be really hard for them I don't like them in the eighth seed Dolphins I think are going to slip I think they're going to probably lose to one of those teams that's going to put them out of the picture give me the Chargers in that seventh seed Patriots I really think are are shaky but the fact that they had such a great mid-season start put them in a p- position where they aren't going to lose a playoff spot. Although, like, if this was, like, week 18, I'd say they're not in it because I don't think they've been playing very good football, and I think, I think it's showing. I think the fact the Colts got that head-to-head is a big deal. Colts are a lock. Colts are a lock. I love them to clinch next week against the Raiders. I'll say the Colts. I hate saying it, but I'll go Patriots, and then I'll go Chargers. I think Chargers are in. I think Ravens are looking to the draft. Dolphins need to look to the draft, fix the O line. Raiders need to look to the draft, they need to readdress who they are. Been a really strong season given all the circumstances, but sometimes you just have to adjust. Sometimes you got to look towards the future to just see how you can move on. I just think they got to move on from this Grooton thing, man. I really do. I think the only way they're going to move on from it is to end this season. And that right there, folks, is a monologue. All right. There's the monologue. It was, it was a privilege to do this. I love doing it. Uh, it's so much great discussion that comes out of this. You, you talk about all of what we can still look forward to you know, in the next two weeks. There's plenty of good football, man. No Thursday night, but you get it. You get it. We, we got a lot. We got a lot coming. Bryce back on the show next week. I'm eager to get into a couple matchups, right? Kansas City, Cincinnati, what can happen there? If Cincinnati wins, I think you got to start taking the Bengals even more seriously than what I just mentioned in the monologue. Ravens, Baltimore. At Ravens, Rams, sorry. That could be interesting. Um, Minnesota, Green Bay, Sunday night. I like Green Bay. Bay, Minnesota, case competitive. Minnesota beat them earlier in the season. Who knows? Denver Chargers could be interesting. Miami, Tennessee can be interesting. There's games to look out for, and I'm I'm curious to see what teams step up when they need to, the teams I'm wanting to watch this week, I think the Chargers. I want to see what they're going to do. How are they going to respond to losing to the to the Houston Texas? I think if the Jack if the Patriots want to show me they're not pretenders, they just roll Jacksonville, and it's just not close from the jump. From the jump, they just just from the jump they go out, they dominate. They just they just dominate. Uh, I think those two teams are the teams I'm looking for. I want to see dominant performances from the Chargers. I want to see a a very solid performance, well-rounded from the Patriots against the Jaguars. And obviously it's like, yes, yeah, Jaguars, but the Patriots have to just use this game as a tidy up to get back to what they were, which a lot of people thought could be maybe in the Super Bowl, sneaky Super Bowl. And that, that's the questions that I have for, for next week. I said Bryce will be on. There's plenty of content you can listen to on Sanity. Once again, thank you for listening.